You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Okay, grab your Bible out if you have one. Grab the Elam Christian Center app uh, on your phone. You can join along with me. I'm so thankful for wherever you're joining us in from. We're going to be looking in at the story of a guy by the name of Nehemiah. And this message is for everybody. But since it is Father's Day, I really want to today just speak to the hearts of men. And I want to encourage you and I want to put a few challenges uh, to you today from the story of Nehemiah. Just a quick, I guess, bit of backstory. Nehemiah is um, an, an Israelite and he's in the service of a Persian king called Artaxerxes. And he's the cupbearer to the king. So he's got a pretty important job and a pretty prominent job in that kingdom. And he hears of a report that his home city of Jerusalem, where his, his fathers are from, or where his ancestors are from, he's learned that the walls around the city have been broken down and are destroyed and the gates of the city are burned with fire and, and are no more. And he's deeply troubled, he's deeply upset by this. And so he begins to pray, begins to seek God. And then he goes before the king and this is where we pick up our story and this is where we pick up our reading today. Let's go Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 1 to 5. Follow along with me. It says this, In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence, and the king said to me, Why is your face sad, seeing you're not sick? This is, not, this is nothing but sadness of the heart. Then I was very much afraid. I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my fathers, and that I may rebuild it." Friends, my first challenge, I want to put this out to you today, especially the men, but to everyone who's watching today. Here's my first challenge. My first challenge is this. Number one, pursue purpose over comfort. Pursue purpose over comfort. I don't know if you've ever experienced this or not, but the other day, Bex, my wife and I, we, we were chatting about like how good it would be to have an outdoor heater. So we're like, man, it'd be so good to have an outdoor heater. It'd be cool. Like in summer, we could sit out there longer. It'd be, be awesome. And, and so we were just talking about, hey, maybe we should look into it. Maybe we should save up for one and blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, I open up my phone. I start scrolling social media and blow me down. What I saw in my feed was a bunch of ads for, you guessed it, outdoor heaters. I'm like, man, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that before. If you have, let us know in the chat. Tell us what you tried to get sold. But I, I couldn't believe it. It's like right there on my phone as I'm scrolling through is the TiVo carbon fiber bulb technology runs at only 49 cents an hour heater. And by the looks of the ads that I've seen both on my social media and the TV, this thing does not just radiate heat, it radiates joy. Because I've never seen a happier person in front of a heater than I have in the people in those ads. And it's not just that, it's not just on my social media from, from what maybe Siri's listening to me talk about, but it's everywhere, everywhere I turn, everywhere we turn, companies are trying to sell us stuff 
to make life more comfortable, happier, better, easier. It's like everyone's trying to like bring a new level of comfort. I mean, we live in a world and a culture whose message is you need more comfort. You need nicer clothes, a better car, nicer holidays, more days off, more staff, a bigger house, less work, get rich quick and retire early. Like, listen, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things. And I'm not saying that there's anything inherently bad about them. But what I am saying is that there's a greater pursuit for your life than comfort. Come on, somebody. Nehemiah, in this passage, he faced this challenge. And after hearing the condition of his city, after hearing of what's gone on, he could either remain in his position of comfort in Persia. Like he had a good job, he had good standing, he was in good stead with the, with the king, he probably had a good level of comfort in his life, he probably never wanted for food or drink, he probably had a great comfortable home that he lived in, he, he, he had social standing, he had prominence, he had authority, he had position, he had status. He could either stay in that place of comfort or he could abandon his personal comfort and go after the purpose of making a difference in the city of his fathers, in the city of his people. And friends, I want to remind you today, you're here today listening to me in church, and I want to remind you today that the God of heaven has a purpose for your life. And this goes far beyond personal comfort and pleasure. It's a life filled with purpose, divine purpose. God's purpose for your life is not that you'd just be happy, but that you'd be holy, that you'd live a life that makes a difference, that you'd take the reins of your life in the hands of God and just go after bigger and better things than just living a life of comfort, a life that makes a difference, a life that changes this world, a life that influences society. And my challenge to us today, friends, is to pursue a life of purpose over comfort. Don't get too comfy. Comfort is one of the greatest inhibitors to your growth as a follower of Jesus. In fact, I'll say it like this, a life of pursuing comfort will rob you of a life of purpose. If you want a life of purpose, get used to getting rid of comfort in your life. Friends like Nehemiah, let's live lives that say this, and men, I want to talk to you today, live lives that say this, I live for my people, not for myself. I live for my people, not for myself. I live for my family, my children, my colleagues, my coworkers, my neighborhood, my church. I live for my people, not for myself. If you can start to look beyond yourself and beyond your own life every single day, you'll soon start to discover God's purpose for you in every moment of every day, no matter where you are, no matter where you find yourself. Pursue purpose over comfort. My second challenge from the story of Nehemiah is this. Number two, Follow trusted voices over opinions. Follow trusted voices over opinions. I have a love-hate relationship uh, with social media. Um, I love it for its ability to keep us connected and to stay in touch with people. I love it for the memes. I'm a big meme fan. Send me all the memes. I'm a, I love it for that, the endless supply of memes. I love it for the cute dog videos that I share with all the people in my life. I, like, I love it for the things that make me lol. I'm, I'm here for the lols. I'm here for the good time. And I enjoy that. But what I don't like about it is that it gives a platform to every single person on the planet to proclaim and declare their opinions. Now, I've heard it said that opinions are like armpits. 
We all have them and most of them stink. And Nehemiah faced his own criticism. He faced his own critics to his work. And when we look ahead at his story, um, when he manages to get back into Jerusalem and begin to rebuild the wall and begin to reestablish the gates, here's what people start to say about him. And maybe some of this might sound familiar to your story as well. Nehemiah 4, in verse 1 to 3, it says this. Now when Sambalat heard that they were rebuilding the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at the Jews. And he said in the presence of his brothers and in the army of Samaria, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burnt ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite, he was beside him and he said, yes, what are they building? If a fox goes up on that wall, he'll break down that stone wall. See, the, the, the critics are like throwing opinion and they're throwing critique and they're throwing ridicule. And, and that stuff may sound familiar to you. Like I said, like these guys are like, man, what a stink wall. That wall stink. Like when you start to step out and follow Jesus, when you start to do something significant for the kingdom of God, when you start to take the steps of faith that God is leading you into and start to advance your relationship with them, don't be surprised when people are like, what a stink wall. What, what, what kind of wall is that? That wall's rubbish. That wall's made out of rubbish. They'll never achieve that. Who do, who do they think they are doing that? Those feeble people, that feeble person. I know who they are. I know where they came from. I know what they're about. Do they think they're going to get it all done? Do, do they think they're ever going to achieve it? Is like, like they could ever do something like that. Who do you think you are trying to do? do? Listen, that wall is trash. It's made of trash. Even a small a fox, even a small dog like a cavoodle or a Bichon Free could get up on that wall and knock it down. There's no dog more manlier than a Bichon Free, by the way. Friends, when you step out for God, like I said, don't be surprised when critics come, when opposition comes, even when that critic is your own mind, when your own self goes, oh, who are you? Who do you think you are? Don't be surprised when discouragement comes. So follow trusted voices, not opinions. Follow trusted voices. Trusted voices have vision. Vision over opinion, friends. Live with vision, not for opinion. Follow the trusted voices in your life. Surround yourself with good, Godly people who will speak into your life. Men especially, we have a tendency to isolate as we age. You know, when you were younger, you think about it, man, you had heaps of friends, you had a friend group, you grew up with people in school or whatever. And as you, as men get older, we tend to isolate. <clears throat> and I want to say to you guys, that that's not a good idea. You've got to surround yourself with good, godly people, trusted voices who are going to be able to speak into your life. Otherwise, the voices of opinion will throw you around everywhere. That's why we always say it's so important to get into a small group. And for all of us, man, no matter who you are, I want to encourage you, this, this season of being in another lockdown, who, who knows how long this is going to go on for, but one of the most important things we can do, not just as believers, but as human beings, God made us for community. God made us for relationship. And the church is nothing without community and connection. And so I want to encourage you, get around those trusted voices in your small group. Join a small group. Become part of something. They're all meeting online and Zoom and Google Hang and whatever. But make sure you're staying connected in that way. I love Nehemiah's response to the criticism and the opposition and the, and, and the people who are just throwing their opinions at him about how rubbish it is. I love his response. In verse 6, he says this, So we built the wall. 
So, we built the wall. Everyone's telling me how bad it was and how rubbish it was and how this is, everyone was telling me how my life wasn't gonna to amount to anything and how, how God could never use me and God could never love me and someone like you with your story could never do that for Jesus and someone like you could never serve God or lead a group. And so, we built the wall. So I got on with what God was calling me to do. The dominant trusted voice in my life was not the voice of people, it was the voice of God. Friends, listen and trust the voice of God. Read His Word, that's His words to you, friend. That's the voice of God speaking to you, telling you who you are in Him. In the face of all the criticism, friends, just keep building the wall. Keep doing what God has called you to do. Keep being faithful, keep moving forward. My third challenge out of the story of Nehemiah is this. Number three, don't run from a fight. Don't run from a fight. Now this may come as a deep shock to many of you. I know I'm supposed to be the senior pastor of this church, but I've been in a few fights in my life and, um, and not, not all that distant. I've been, in fact, I've been sent off from a rugby game uh, for fighting and um, at that time I was the youth pastor of Elam Botany uh, when that happened and Pastor Adam Frost can attest to that because he was on the team with me but I, I wasn't always you know this way and I don't mind having a you know I don't mind getting into a bit of a tussle here and there but I wasn't always this way when, when I was in high school listen to me when I was in high school my physique resembled that of a newborn giraffe just picture that for a second that was me as a 13, 14, 15 year old. I couldn't fight. I was scared. I could not, there's no way. Like, it, some people would even describe my legs as Wednesday legs. Wednesday gone break. Like, I couldn't fight, man. There's no, there's no way. And, uh, but what I did have was I still had a little bit of a smart mouth. And so often my mouth would get me into trouble with, with different people. And, and I heard one day, and we got into a few tussles at school, but I heard one day that uh, there was a group of guys that were going to jump me and my brother after school, this one afternoon after school, they were going to beat us up, and my twin brother. And so uh, we couldn't fight because we were the frame of a newborn giraffe, but what we could do was run. And uh, both of us would have been among the top um, track runners in Auckland at the time, right through our high school. And so we knew we could outrun anybody. And uh, we, were, we got to the end of that school day, we got to the school gate, and guess what? We, we had our running shoes, my, my, me and my brother both had our running shoes in our bags, because we'd had PE that day. So we get out of school, we put our running shoes on, and we book it home, man. We book it. I'm like, I'm not waiting around for nobody. I'm just, I'm out of here. Because listen, I can't fight, but I can run, man. I ran from that fight. We showed those bullies, we showed them who was who. Man, I remember one day at uni, uh, well, I'd filled out a little bit at that time. Some would argue I still haven't filled out, but that's a message and a, a, an appointment for another time. But I was at uni and uh, I'd got a bit more confident and, you know, and uh, my mom came down and woke me up at like two in the morning. And she was like, Stephen, Stephen, Stephen. Well, hi, mom, by the way. Stephen, get up. Someone's breaking into the cars. And, and someone was outside our house breaking into our family cars and so i'm like two in the morning i'm like up i i get up i go through my room i reach into the the sports i like a sports cupboard i reach in there for my cricket bat and i run outside i run out to our front driveway and i'm out there it's two in the morning i'm like Aah! i'm like a madman i'm all like i'm half asleep still i'm just like ah and and these guys get in their car and they take off they didn't see like they they took off i'm like yeah yeah and i'm like and when the driveway and i'm pumped up i'm just like yeah 
yeah, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. And, and, and it was in that moment where my heart rate slowly came down and then I, I looked down at myself only to realize that I'm standing there in our driveway at two in the morning um, wearing only my satin Bugs Bunny boxer shorts and a holding a child's tennis racket. Like I'm a fearsome, fearsome warrior, folks. I'm like, listen, I sure showed them. Like, you don't have to be the biggest in the fight. You just be the craziest in the fight and it will go well with you. You know, uh, you know, a lot of guys, like we like to talk like, hey man, I wouldn't run from a fight. I wouldn't run from a fight. But I've realized that actually most of us do. Uh, most of us do run from fights. And most of us run from the most important fights in our lives. Check this out. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 14 says this. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your homes. See friends, we may think, hey, I wouldn't run from a fight. But the most important fights are often the ones closest to us are often the daily ones. They're often the little ones. They're not always the big crisis moments or the big, I need to, no, no, but often it's those little fights and the people near you, the people around you, those little battles that you've got to win. It's not always the big crisis, big battle things. It's those little daily fights that you've got to fight that we often just run from them because we don't want to deal with them. We don't want to get into it. We don't want to uh, mess around with it. We, we're just like, no, I can't, I can't be bothered. I can't deal with it. It's that fight to get up each day and say, you know what? I'm going to fight for a good, healthy, flourishing, thriving marriage. I'm not going to just sit back and let my marriage be whatever it was and know I should engage with those little things that I need to deal with, but I'm just going to look the other way. No, no, no. I'm going to address the small issues. I'm going to deal with the offenses. I'm going to fight for better. Listen, if you want to have a good marriage, you've got to fight for it, man. I'm not saying have lots of fights. That's not a good way to a healthy marriage. But sometimes you've got to get in there and go, I'm not going to let this thing become toxic and bad. I'm not going to let that offense continue to bubble. You've got to fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your homes. Fight for your homes. Fight for that the, the daily fight to have a great relationship with your kids and with your parents. It's that, man, I need to work at this. I need to, I need to fight my own apathy just to be lazy on these things and actually go to war and go, man, I'm going to go, go after this. I'm going to desire to have. What, what, was he, what was he fighting for when he was building the wall? He was building a, a place of future security, certainty, and hope for another generation. Wow, friends, come on. you got to fight to go, you know, I'm not going to let this be, be a broken down part of our lives for generations to come. I'm going to build a sense of security and hope and vision and future and health and vitality and protection for a generation to come. It's that daily fight to deal with hurts and offenses in relationships. It's so easy just to walk away from those from, with your brothers. And when I say brothers, I mean like your colleagues, your co-workers, your church family. It's so easy just to go, I'm not going to bother with that. There, this. No, 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 no. You've got to fight for that relationship. You've got to fight to deal with those offenses. You gotta, it's that daily fight to maintain and grow your relationship with God, to be in His Word, to be in worship like Pastor Mike talked about last week. It's that fight against apathy and distractions and 
and consumerism and social media that just sucks your time away. But it's that daily fight to go, you know, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to put God first. I'm going to love God first. I'm going to put Him first in my life. And let me tell you, this season, you've got to fight for your relationship with God because everything else is trying to pull you away. And it's that daily decision to go, I'm going to fight for my home. It's that daily fight for unity in our church and your church family. You know, big issues in a church come because small issues don't get... Uh, get ignored. It comes, sorry, there goes the prospectus. It, those big things come when small issues don't get fought for. We're going to fight for those little things and fight for unity and fight for our togetherness and fight for our oneness. It's that fight to live the gospel rather than my preference. It's that fight to go, you know what, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live for Jesus, not what I want. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die to myself. I'm going to fight myself to go, Steve, you're not the most important. you got to die to yourself and live for Jesus. It's that daily fight to pursue righteousness over sin. See, sin, man, sin is comfortable. Sin is easy, but righteousness takes effort. Righteousness takes a fight. And I've got to sometimes put to death the old Steve so that I can live the life and live the, the, the person that God is calling me to be. But it's a fight. It's not going to happen without a struggle. It's not going to happen without a battle. Church, I want to encourage you, men especially, let's take the running shoes off. Take the running shoes off. Stop running away from those fights. You know you need to fight. Fight for your brothers. Fight for each other. Fight for your homes, your sons, your daughters, your wives. Fight for what's around you. Those little battles every day. They're the ones you've got to win. 2 Timothy 4.7 says this. I love this. It says, I fought the good fight. I fought a good fight. Not a bad fight. Not the wrong fight. Not the fight somewhere far away. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. And I've kept the faith. Friends, this Father's Day, I want to encourage you. I want to pray for you. Let's fight the good fight. Let's fight the right battles. Can I pray for you, church? That would be absolutely my honor to do so. Wherever you are uh, in your home right now or in the car or wherever you find yourself, wherever you are in New Zealand, around the world, um, just bow your heads with me right now. Please do that. Please take a moment just to bow your heads before the Lord and just let's pray together. Father, I thank you. For all those who've come to join us in this moment today, I thank you for all the men. I thank you for the fathers. I thank you for the father figures and those who fulfill a role of grandfather. Lord, I just pray your blessing on them. And I pray for us as a church, collectively, all of us, Lord, that we will be a people who pursue purpose over comfort. I thank you that there is a divine purpose on every single life, that no one is a mistake and no one's an accident. And God, I pray that you would help us to desire a life of purpose more than comfort. And God, I pray that you would bring around us trusted voices, that the opinions that will try and distract us and pull us down and tear us away from what you're calling us to build and do. God, I pray for trusted voices to keep us on the right path. And Lord, I pray for all of us, Lord, that we won't run from those important fights. Lord, that we won't be a people that just ignore those issues and ignore the things that we need to do. But Lord, we would stand up and we would fight. Fight for our homes, our brothers, our sons, our daughters, our wives, our husbands. Lord, we, we would fight for those things and see a victory. And God, I pray your blessing on every person. I especially do this Father's Day. Pray a blessing on the fathers. Lord, help them to lead their families well, their children well. Help give them your grace and your wisdom to do so. Friends, I want to pray one more prayer with you. I want to let you know that it doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter what you've done. The truth is God loves you. 
God's got a great plan for your life. We all sin, we all mess up, we all fall short of God's standard. The Bible calls that sin. And our sin, it separates us from God. But God in His grace, He sent His own Son, Jesus, to the cross. When He died on that cross, He took upon Himself everything you and I would do for our sin. And He conquered death in the grave and He rose again to new life. And He extends to every single person today, not judgment, not condemnation, but grace. Forgiveness for all your wrongs. A brand new life that begins right here, right now. You get to walk into the plans that God has for you. Like I said, there's a purpose for your life. And then friends, there's this great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. And if you're watching today and you're not right with God, maybe you're here and it's Father's Day and you're like, man, I, I don't even know who I am. I don't know who God is, but you feel a real pull today to give your life to God, to give Him a shot. I can tell you this, if you give God a shot, you give Him everything, He will never disappoint. Friends, if you're here and you're not right with God and you want to be, I want to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. I'll lead you in it right where you are. Pray this with me now. Say these words. Say, God, today, right here in my home, I open up my life to you. I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up. But I believe Jesus who died for me. So right now, I turn from my old life and I turn to you. I ask you now to come in and be the Lord of my life. I choose from this moment to live for you in Jesus' name. Friend, if you just prayed that prayer, I'm incredibly proud of you. I think this is the most wonderful and transformative decision you could ever make. God loves you. He's got a great plan for you. And we would love for you to acknowledge that you prayed that prayer. If you prayed that prayer, that's not the only step. There's a button coming up or a link coming up in the chat uh, that says, like I raise my hand. If you just said yes to Jesus, if you want to know more about following him, click that button. If you just prayed that prayer, either for the very first time or maybe you're getting your life right with God today, uh, I want to encourage you, push that button, click that link. We want to celebrate with you. We want to honor you. Such a joy to have you with us. And friends, God bless you. We're so proud of you for making that decision. And uh, we just want to help you on your journey in whatever way we can. So if we can help you, please, please, please let us know. If you need a Bible, we'd love to send you one. Uh, we'd love to help you in any possible way. Church, we love you. Thank you so much for being part of Father's Day today. There's a few more things coming up at the end of the service that you're not going to want to miss. So stay tuned. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.